Hello and welcome to Pre-Concert. I'm your host, Rodney Whitenberg. In this episode of Pre-Concert, we're going to meet Brian Flanagan. Brian Flanagan is performing November 20th, 2015 at Tin Angel in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. For tickets and information, visit tinangel.com. Brian Flanagan is a singer-songwriter, producer, and multi-instrumentalist from Philadelphia. He composes and records melodic alternative rock with deep roots in the classical period of pop music. Here, Brian tells us about his first musical memories. I heard music first in church when I was a little kid. I think my first memory is driving on the way to church and just hearing the music that was on in the car on the way there. I was in a Catholic church, and I remember hearing the choir. All those old church songs had a lot of great harmony. I remember the organ in the back of the church, the big organ filling up the entire room. You would just hear the whole thing ringing through. Flanagan plays guitar, piano, and bass. I asked him what instrument he learned to play first. Uh, Drums, actually, is my first instrument, and I guess closely followed by the piano. I think I'm always drawn back to the drums, to be honest. When you learn rhythm, it follows you to all the different instruments that you play, because everybody's responsible for the rhythm. My mother made everybody in the family pick an instrument when we were kids to play in the school band. It was important to her. So uh, I picked the drums because I remember picking up the guitar and thinking, yeah, that's going to take a little while. I guess I, I didn't think I had a lot of patience to learn an instrument like that, but the drums seemed pretty natural. We had a great musical family in my grade school, the Quails, and I had a really awesome drum teacher who was also a big Beatles fan and a, a big Beatles collector of memorabilia and stuff like that. And uh, my older brothers actually had a bunch of Beatles records. I remember the blue record where they're looking down from above and it's like the hippie Beatles is one of their greatest hits, I guess. I put that record on and like learned how to play the drums to that record. Brian talks about his favorite period in the Beatles catalog, Circa, Rubber Soul, and Revolver. That was sort of the transitional phase for them. You could tell they were just having fun discovering different things to do. They were exploring different palettes. They, they moved out of the love you, yeah, 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 and they were just kind of like Norwegian wood. Definitely that whole phase there between that and Sgt. Pepper is the kind of area that I gravitated towards. So bringing it back now, Brian had drum lessons in grade school, but how did he come to the piano? A friend of our family's uh, was giving away an upright piano. And so we had an opportunity to get one when I was a kid. I don't remember it always being in tune. (laughs) Certain areas of the piano you had to stay away from. But uh, so I would tinker around with the piano whenever I had a chance. What about formal lessons? I actually went to music school for a semester and, you know, got through the basic theory classes and stuff like that. Uh, So I had that kind of instruction. But when I was working my way through college, I was a teacher and um, I was teaching drums mostly. But the guy who sent me out to these kids' houses asked, he's like, oh, you, you know, you, you can play piano. You could probably teach piano. And I was like, I don't think so. Uh, I could try. And I got this basic piano book and I would teach kids piano. And I would learn the lesson like an hour before going to teach teach the kid how to play the thing. So I kind of went through a basic piano book myself because I had to teach other people how to do it. 
Flanagan tells us about his first garage band. A group of friends of mine all throughout high school, we spent all of our weekends in each other's garages, basically annoying the neighbors. <laughs> we were into like progressive rock, some like heavy metal stuff even, in addition to what I'd always been drawn to. When an older friend heard Brian on the drums, he brought him out to play at a local club. I went and played every Sunday night at this blues jam in Somerdale, New Jersey. The Evergreen is the name of the club. Uh, and that led me to uh, these working bands, basically recruited me, all of them known that I wasn't old enough to be in any of these clubs. Uh, but, you know, I just never went towards the bar. <laughs> And it was, I guess, around that time that I met my uh, first friend that was like a real songwriter. So at that point, you know, I was 20 years old uh, and joined Head Soup. And that was 90s alternative rock at its best. <laughs> Head Soup was a trio and we called it White Acid Reggae. And it was great. Like someone wrote in a club back there that uh, Head Soup is... Uh, one of the great ones that should make it, but probably won't. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that, that slogan turned out to kind of be true. Brian tells us how an accident changed the course of his life. About midway through head soup, uh, I got into a car accident. So I have actual nerve damage in my right arm. And at that point, uh, it was really hard to get through the four set a night gigs. By the end of that, my arm was just numb. You know, I couldn't feel it anymore. So the cold, hard reality that like I couldn't be a professional drummer very much longer was kind of settling in. So I had to like figure out some other way to do it. And, and to be honest, that, that life of spending all my time every weekend driving down to play to a bunch of drunkards in a bar that are yelling, play some Skinner, you know. It kind of was getting old anyway, so uh, I actually went to the Art Institute. Uh, I enrolled myself into the multimedia program, so that gave me exposure to uh, recording as well as video and script writing and stuff like that. And I uh, did both my internships with my audio teacher, Ted Greenberg. And he's an engineer, a producer, uh, and he's got the best ears that I think I've ever heard. Him and uh, another guy, a fantastic musician, Jay Davidson, in the area. Um, both those guys on that studio together. So I spent two years working in their studio. That was, I guess, you know, my first real uh, producing experience. And the first job that Ted gave me was to clean tapes on the Studer. <laughs> uh, and Studer's a, uh, a tape machine. Ted would let me run sessions and stuff. Uh, I was really good at punching people in on the tape machine because, you know, with digital recording, you got the trusty Control-Z or Apple-Z to get you out of uh, whatever mistake you may have just made. When you're recording the tape, you got to do it right or do it over. He also noted that Greenberg mastered both his first album, Soaking All the Stains, and his latest, Every Day is a Brand New Start. Brian explains how Every Day is a Brand New Start and the band that recorded it came to be. This was a band record, basically. 
Derek Feinberg, who's a guitar player, played slide guitar on the first record. So we struck a friendship through that and I started playing gigs and asked him to play and he started playing. Uh, at the same time, another guitar player friend of mine, uh, Jesse Lundy, who also works in the industry, we just formed a band, even though it, it kind of revolved around songs that I wrote. At the same time, I was kind of going through a tough period of my life. Uh, so I collected songs that both fit this group of musicians and fit a common theme, which is the contrast that life is of positive and negative, of light and dark. So there's a good almost power pop feel to the record. But uh, if you listen to the lyrics, they're kind of on the darker side. When we took the group of guys into the studio to record, we recorded with a producer, Matt Muir. Uh, so Matt and I produced this record together. And Matt is probably as big a Beatles fan as I am. Flanagan talks about the influences on its recording. I think when you hear Beatles, what I think you're hearing is probably some of the harmonies and stuff that's put in there. The other thing that I think the Beatles did really well with their records is you would put on that record at the first song and you'd probably listen to it to the end of the record. You know what I mean? Because you just didn't want to take it off. Uh, and I tried to like program the record that way. And kind of that same length, like to me, a record should be about like 35, 40 minutes in that range. What used to fit on two sides of a vinyl disc. There's also Pink Floyd in there on a couple songs, especially. Um, and I tried to, with the production of that, like take that basic rock band sound and like add tension to certain parts. I wanted it to be like uh, the Empire Strikes Back of records. <laughs> I like that story where the good guy doesn't win. It's kind of a dark story. Things are left unresolved. Brian takes us on a journey through the song that kicks off the recording. It's entitled For So Long. This is one of those songs that ended up different than I originally envisioned it. We just kind of stripped it down and made it a primal kind of beat going on. So it's just kind of simmering the whole time. And then the vocal comes in. I was born in this race. I don't and the vocals themselves are what kind of drive the song, the vocal and the lyrics. And the song is about longing to be in a place that you haven't been in a really long time. The frustration of not being there and wanting to be. And uh, longing to be in a place of comfort. From that place, I just long to be lost in your grave. And that sets the table for the rest of the record. Here's why this CD party on November 20th is not one to miss. We're going to play the record at the show. On this particular gig, I'm playing bass and keyboards. And the guys that made this record are all going to be there live. Uh, John Beiser playing drums, Derek Feinberg on the guitar, Jesse Lundy on the guitar. And uh, it's going to be also the first and last time that you can see this lineup play this record because our guitar player is moving to another state. So uh, Derek's is going to be our last show with him. We're really lucky to have the two sisters, uh, Michelle and Angela Armour, from the band that's opening up for us, Silver Skies, who are a great band themselves, uh, they'll be singing with us. And also playing is a great band called Kicking Down Doors. 
We have a really entertaining lineup. I'm really strongly confident that anybody that would come to this show would definitely get their $10 worth and have a really entertaining night of good local music. Thanks, Brian. Brian brings a CD release party celebrating the release of Every Day is a Brand New Start to the Teen Angel, Friday, November 20th, 2015. For tickets and information, visit tinangel.com. To find out more information about Brian Flanagan, go to www.bflanmusic.com. You've been listening to Pre-Concert. Pre-Concert is recorded at Melody Vision Studios. For more information about Pre-Concert, visit www.pre-concert.com. Like us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. This episode of Pre-Concert was written and produced by Michelle Armour. I'm your host, Rodney Wittenberg, and I'll see you at the show. Can you take me back today to the place I used to be?